Hi, welcome to Diving Into Deep Waters. I am your host, Erin Rowling. And after taking a few weeks off for some vacation, I am back. Here we go. We're we're back full force. We're ready to go. I'm excited to be back with everybody. Um, so our we had two two vacations. Um, Paul and I took a trip to Arizona for our 25th uh, wedding anniversary. It was great. Um, and then we came home, caught up on a few things, packed again. Which can I just say, packing is not my favorite. Like sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, I want to cancel this trip because the packing overwhelms me. Just to think about everything that you need and I don't know, you, everyone gets in their groove of their home and how how you function and all of the things that you like and surround yourself with and then you go away and you're trying to remember everything that is a comfort and then like for you know, the things that you don't see coming and kids getting sick and all the extra medicines and blah, 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 blah. It can just be a little overwhelming. It's not my favorite thing to do. Um, but, you know, once you get packed, you get in the car or whatever, and they're like, oh, I'm super excited about this. And so leaving again after just getting home, I was struggling a little bit, but I did it. I got packed. And sure enough, we got on the road and we it was great. Um, we actually went to the Ark Encounter in Kentucky and I can say that was a great experience as well. If you've never heard of it, look it up. Um, and if you've ever thought about going, I would highly recommend it. Honestly, we weren't quite sure what to expect because our church planned it. So I didn't look into it as much as I probably should have. And maybe I would have been more aware of what was happening, but you know, on the way down, we're like, do we get there? And it's just a big boat, <laughs> which it's not just a big boat. I mean, it's on the scale of the actual arc. Um, but just, you know, didn't really know what to expect. And honestly, it was kind of like a, an amusement park. It had like super beautiful um, lawns and um, just a lot of extra stuff. The boat was amazing walking through there. There were just things I never really thought about with the ark and stuff. So definitely learned a lot. Um, it's funny because, you know, we were like, oh, we're going to ask our kids, you know, what was the most impactful thing of this trip? And, you know, you want the spiritual answer because, you know, you've gone and seen the ark. And my son was like, the buffet. <laughs> I was like, did you learn anything about God? <laughs> Anyways, um, it was a great trip. And highly recommend it for you and your family. It's a well-oiled machine over there. Um, although you do have to pay $15 for parking, which, you know, they're so nice there that you, like, can't be grumbling in your heart because <laughs> they're just like, hello, ma'am. Hello, sir. You know, like, such nice people that you give you them your $15 and you just grumble a little bit. Um, anyways, also, um, so what else did we miss in the couple weeks we are gone? We missed Father's Day. Uh, that was last week, so I just want to give a shout out to all of your all the dads that listen, because we have quite a few guys who listen. Um, happy Father's Day to you! Uh, my dad, my dad, my husband had a good day. You know, it's always a good day when you get to be with all of your kids. Um, I don't care if it's a holiday or not a holiday. 
there's just something special about having all of your kids with you. And so we met halfway. This has probably become a new, I don't know, tradition, but kind of thing with our kids is um, meeting halfway between us and them. And that way it's not like a super long drive for anybody. And so we had dinner and um, yeah, had coffee with them. It was it was great. Um, it was kind of cool because <laughs> my husband had said in his Father's Day message, you know, more than a gift or anything is when his kids give him cards. And it, the kids did order him a gift, but it didn't get in on time. And so they're like, Dad, I'm really sorry. Your gift didn't come. And I'm like, do you have your cards? And they, they're like, yeah, we have our cards. So he was happy. And I don't know, those kids just keep upping up their game with the cards. They, they're just so thoughtful. And it's more than just like, happy Father's Day, Dad. You're a great dad. And they just had some really good points about how they felt about their dad and what their dad has imparted to them and really went into depth. And I was just proud of all of them for taking the time to, you know, write all those things to to him. And by the end of it, we were laughing, we were crying. Um, we were just a, a mess of a table at the restaurant reading through the cards. But um, so yeah, lots of great things over the last few weeks. Um, on a personal note, something I want to share about Father's Day for me, personally, because um, I don't know, it was just an interesting Father's Day obviously not growing up with a dad and, um, you know, stuff like that. Father's Day has always been a little bit interesting for me, but that morning I woke up and I, I snooze like three times before I get up. So sometimes I'm kind of awake and I don't know, I just started to really thank the Lord for being such a, a good father to me. And I don't know, just spent some time with him and then got to church and during worship service just felt so connected with God and, um, in his presence, and I don't know, just during the worship service just felt like just I had this opportunity to just continue what I had started in the morning of just like pouring out my thanks to him and everything, and um, you know, like sometimes you just feel like super connected with God, and it wasn't just super connected with God, but like in a f- super connected with him as my father as well, and um, I went to go say happy Father's Day to a guy at our church and he's he's a little bit older and he he was sitting down and so I kind of leaned down to just say like hey happy Father's Day and he was like oh you know hang on a second and he stood up and he said I thought to myself this morning I'm gonna give Aaron a hug and then he just spoke some very um, affirming things to me and then would like gave me another really good hug and um, it was just I don't know I I had been emotional all morning I I get emotional on Father's Day um, for many reasons so if I wasn't emotional enough I definitely cried even more but it was interesting because I really didn't have an idea that all of that was going to come to play later in my day, like just connecting with God and how kind that that guy was to just take that time to just affirm some things in me. And because, um, you know, later I went to go call the, the dads in my life and um, one of them, you know, he helped raise me and stuff. And so I called him early in the morning. 
I called him later. I left a nice message and I haven't heard anything from him. And so I was just kind of sad, you know, just like, hey, you know, like I'd like to hear from you and I'd like to say happy Father's Day, but no connection there. And then I talked to my dad and his golf game was done. So he didn't really have anything to do, but <laughs> he just seemed rushed. Like he wanted to get off the phone with me and you know, you can tell when like someone wants to talk to you and when they don't want to talk. And I don't know, I just felt like here I am calling you on Father's Day, like take some time, let's talk. And um, I don't know, it just kind of the those two situations just kind of left me feeling empty. And I don't know, I was a little bit sad. <laughs> and but then I just thought like, but God, I have you. And God, you're always happy to receive me into your presence. Like there's no like message that I have to leave. I can talk directly with you and um, you're, you're not going to ignore, ignore me. You're, you're happy to talk to me. Like I could talk to you as much as I wanted and you wouldn't be like, okay, let's wrap this up (laughs) or I don't know. And, and I even thought like, how good it was of him to like this morning put it in that guy's mind like hey Aaron's gonna need a hug today and you're gonna need to affirm some things in her and you know like I'm getting older people it's not like I'm 15 or 20 and I need that but I still need it apparently and I just thought man God is just a good father that I feel like that was just the theme of Father's Day for me is like God is such a good father and it's it's not just Father's Day that I have these struggles sometimes, um, but I think Father's Day just exposes <laughs> the struggle a little bit more, and um, no, but I, I don't know. I just wanted to share with you, like, I don't know what your situation is with your dad, and I don't know if Father's Day makes you feel alone or sad or any of those things or in general not having a dad present or you know like active in your life makes you feel those things but I just felt to share like God is a good father and you know he's always ready for you he's always excited to spend time with you he um, will send people to affirm those things that I think come directly from him and he's just a really good dad (laughs) So I don't know. I just wanted to just um, share that with you. And I just felt to share that with you. So um, I mentioned that we went to Arizona for our 25th. And I just have to say, you guys, Arizona is where it's at. Like, I actually looked up how to describe Arizona because I was like trying to put in words how I feel about it. And I was struggling a little bit. So I thought, oh, I'll just look it up. You know, Google. It's always there for you. And um, (laughs) there was an article that said, and description of um, Arizona was nothing quite like it. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's good. I feel like there is, I mean, I've traveled a lot of places and, and seen a lot of things um, with my own eyes. And I don't know, I feel like God dumped a lot of beauty and like he, I kept saying to Paul, I'm like, 
I feel like God just got to Arizona and was like, I am going to show off like what I can create because it's just literally Sedona specifically. I mean, there's things about everywhere because we were a couple diff- different places and um, we went to the Grand Canyon, which the vastness of the Grand Canyon is absolutely incredible. But if, as far as beauty, Sedona is where it's at. Um, we flew into Phoenix. Um, there's there's beauty everywhere. Like you, you just go to every part of Arizona, I feel like, and you're just like, wow. And then you're like, wow. And then you're like, wow. And we just kept staring at everything because we stayed in Sedona. And like, it was hard to drive there because you just wanted to look at everything. And um, I don't know, like Paul and I are like, we don't think you would ever get tired of this. And we actually asked one of our um, tour guides that took us through Sedona, which was cool to learn about it. But we were like, do you get tired of this? Like, is, is this like normal to you now? And he's like, no, I wake up every day and I'm like, wow, I get to live here. And usually like when we leave to go home from vacation, we'll be like, oh man, we are so ready to go home. And on the last day I said to Paul, I'm like, are you like, do you want to go home? And he was like, no. <laughs> I'm like, me neither. Can we just stay? Would anybody notice? Um, yeah, I'm sure our kids would notice in our church. But anyways, um, it it just was an incredible um, place to go. And I would highly recommend that as well. If you're looking for a place to go with your family, with your by yourself, you will just be speechless the whole time and just taking God's beauty. And it's amazing. I already have a trip planned to take our kids. I have a re- like in my mind what I want to do and specifically what I want to do. Of course, it's kind of expensive. So, you know, that'll be a while. But one day, uh, we've always said we will take our kids to Disney World. And I'm like, no, I think I'd rather take them to Arizona because I just think it'll just blow their minds. Like Disney World is Disney World. I've never been to Disney World, so I actually really can't say anything about it because I've never been there. So, but um, one cool thing about Arizona, there's many cool things, but is Paul and I love to hike. Like, it's kind of our thing. Like, when we go somewhere, we love to find places that we can go hiking and just talk, and we love to walk together and stuff. But it was funny because we went to on this one hike it was like, um, I think it was seven miles. You crossed like 14 streams, like every kind of different situation. Like you're in the woods and you were in like a canyon and then you were like all these different, um, you know, things going around you. And so <laughs> I'm thinking you get on a path and you follow it. Okay, right? Not, not exactly. And so thankfully this lady we were talking to her before we went on the hike and she said, oh, do you have this app? And we're like, no. And she's like, oh, you're probably going to want to download that and you're going to want to follow that because there are many things that you're not sure of. And I was like, okay, let's, because she just kind of kept looking at me like, do it. And so I did it. And thank goodness we did because, um, yeah, there's, I don't know if we would have made it out. There was actually a family at one point following us and they were like, and we're like, nope, this is not the way. So you might want to turn around and go back because this is not how you get out. And they're like, oh, I'm so glad you, you know. And I was like, oh, I have an app. (laughs) I don't really know where I'm going. (laughs) Um, 
But anyways, it was it was really um, cool thing to do. And I think that we like to do it just because it's really, like I said, super peaceful, super like rejuvenating. Um, like Paul and I will talk for a while and then then we'll be quiet and then we'll talk about what we're thinking about. And basically like for me, I was thinking of like future podcasts and stuff like that. And he was thinking about future sermons and, um, you know, all those kinds of things. And so it was like, took us several hours to do this hike. And I noticed something, um, that kind of stuck out to me. And I was like, this is a podcast. So here we are. It's a podcast. But like when we would pass people, you know, like you, you say hi, right? You know, you pass people, like the polite thing to do is say hi. And after passing several people, I started to notice that there were two groups of people. There was the one group of people where they were super receptive to you offering up a hi to them. Like, and they would say a cheery hi back to you. Like, and maybe you might say, like, it's a beautiful day or, wow, this is amazing or, you know, whatever. You might have some, some you know, pleasantries that you go back and forth with. So that's one group of people. Then the other group of people you would say hi to and, well, like, someone even look at you. They, like, their eyes would not meet you. They were, like, intent. They were not going to speak to you. So those people, so maybe they were a certain group of people. But anyways, um, you didn't even say hi to them. But then sometimes you would say hi before you realize that people were, like, disgusted with the fact that you were saying hi to them and you were, like, popping their personal space bubble and whatever. So anyways, those were the other kinds of people. But I started to realize, okay, so here's this group of people and based on how they responded to me is I started to form an opinion about that person based on that um, interaction that I had with them. And if they would say hi with a smile and cheeriness in their voice, I thought they were nice people, right? That I mean, I think that you can understand what I'm saying. And if they responded with irritation and that I was interrupting them, you know, I thought they were cranky and not a very nice person <laughs> or friendly, maybe not nice, but like not a friendly person. And um, I, I don't know, it was just the thought that kind of hit me like, wow, in a short amount of time, you can have an impression of someone. And I knew I had read somewhere like it didn't take very long for you to have an impression of someone. So I looked it up and um, one thing I read said like impressions are made in 30 seconds. Some studies showed that impressions were made within two or three seconds. And Princeton actually did a study and like they're supposed to be super smart, right? Um, <laughs> that it takes a tenth of a second to form an impression of somebody. Just by the look on their face, not even by like an actual interaction, not like a high or anything, just by the look on their face in a tenth of a second, you have already, their impression, they've made an impression on you in some way or form. And, um, and maybe you would think like, okay, so maybe you have an impression quickly, but like if you had a longer, let's, let's say instead of a tenth of a second, maybe you have a minute or five minutes 
that maybe you might get a different impression maybe like in that first 10 seconds you're like ooh, they're cranky and then maybe in two minutes you'd be like oh no they're they're good and actually there's a um another study that said actually a longer exposure of someone doesn't significantly alter that impression if anything a longer exposure solidifies your first judgment so and actually so I was looking up quotes about impressions and it says, and I thought there was a lot of truth to this one. It says, first impressions last. I think like we, I think we've all heard that, you know, and even like when our, my kids have like applied for a job or anything, you know, like, hey, make sure you make a good impression. Like you, you need to walk in there confidently. You need to have a good handshake because people, there's nothing better than a, worse than a bad handshake. I literally if I shake a guy's hand and it's like a little like shaking the hand of a mouse I or it feels like limp I don't know I'm like excuse me who taught you how to handshake like I have a I have an impression of you if you don't have a good handshake and when someone like shakes my hand I'm like that and I'll usually say that actually I'll be like man that's a good handshake not like where they crush your hand but where it's just like they're confidently like shaking your hand I love a good handshake um but anyways and it seems crazy that in a few seconds we can form such a solidified opinion of a person but this was something else that was super interesting to me that people make 11 decisions on average about a person in that first few seconds. So yeah, first impressions are super powerful and it actually can even override what we've been told about someone. So like, you know, if you tell your friend about a friend, like, oh my gosh, you got to meet this person. They're so great. And they're so wonderful and blah, 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 blah. And you meet them. And they don't leave that impression on you. You're going to believe your impression over what you've been told. Like that's that's crazy that an impression can override what all the good things that someone could tell you about someone. Or maybe the opposite, right? You know, people are like, I don't like this person. And then you meet them and you're like, oh, I kind of like them. I don't, I don't know what's wrong with you. So there's another saying that says you never get a second chance to make a first impression. Which, I don't believe that to be true because um, once Paul and I, like, I was telling him, like, I have this idea for this podcast about impressions and stuff like that. And we were talking about it. And so, like, we started to really observe, like, everyone that passed by us or that we crossed our paths. Like, then the rest of the trip, we were, like, totally rating people. Not, like, rating them, but, like, rating them on the impression that they left on us. Or we'd try to, like, figure out, like, who they were or, you know, stuff like that. But one night we took another hike and we were going up to see the um, sunset and I didn't know the name of the path that we were going on so I couldn't use my app because I didn't know what it was called and um, our tour guide had said this is the best place to see the sunset here in Sedona so we were going to hike up there and it was confusing I will say this all paths in Sedona are confusing And so I'm like, okay, like we could see where we needed to go, but we were trying to figure out like how to get up there and should we follow this path or there was a road that we had driven up, maybe we should go on the road. And so this guy gets out of his truck and I mean, 
he looks like a hiker. He's got the backpack. He's got the hat. He's got the water bottle attached to the backpack. He has the little, you know, um, walking sticks, which Paul was like, next time we should get those. (laughs) The crossing creeks is a little harder than you think. Um, All this stuff. Like, you know, you could just tell he had the hiking boots and he just looked like he knew what he was doing opposed to us who were like in our tennis shoes and we were carrying some plastic water bottles. Um, <laughs> so I was like, hey, th- I'm thinking in my mind, like, this guy knows, this guy's no, this guy knows how to go. And so I was like, hey, do you, do you know where, which path we should follow? And he just kind of looked at us like, why are you asking me? You know, kind of annoyed. And, um, so we followed him. I don't know why we decided the guy's grumpy and we should follow him. But we did because he was going up the road. So I was like, well, that must be the way that you should go. We later found out there was a different path. And actually, we found it ourselves. We did it all by ourselves without even a little map. Um, It wasn't a very long path, though. So don't uh, think we're that great. Um, But anyways, so he's walking. We're walking behind him totally following him and then he meets up with his daughter and then we're all walking up kind of side to side on this road and you know we start talking we find out he's a vet and he starts to tell us about his time in the wars and all of this stuff super nice guy super great guy and um and Paul later he was like well that guy doesn't fit into your your theory of you know like first impressions or whatever or it does in the fact of like you can have one impression of somebody but it's not actually maybe who they are as a person and um so that was kind of kind of interesting because we were totally wrong on that one (laughs) we were probably wrong on a lot of them you guys probably several we were super wrong but but I thought it was interesting because like if he had just if our one interaction with him would have just been like, hey, do you know where to go? And he was like, mm, I don't want to talk to you. And that would have been it. Um, it says actually that it takes um, Harvard, also very smart school, says it typically takes eight subsequent, I cannot say this word, and I actually even practiced this word before I did this, and I said it like several times, but apparently it didn't work because I still can't say it. Subsequent positive encounters. Subsequent. Why can't I say that? And that's probably not even how you say it. Anyways, it takes eight more positive encounters to change a negative opinion. That's a lot of times to change someone's mind. And it's interesting because with that guy, that was kind of valid because he just, it took him a while to warm up but then like by the end of our you know we walked with him for a while to the spot where the sunset was like at the end I was like okay this guy's really nice and and very easy to talk to um now this whole thought of impressions was like I said part of a big hike for us (laughs) and I thought about it the whole time um and my second question to, and this was to myself, 
on this topic was what impression do I give people? And when I was thinking of doing this podcast, I remembered a time that I was like running late for a game and I was starving and I was irritated and I was hungry. So basically I was hangry and which none of you have never been that. But anyways, like the concession stand because of all my food issues, like there wasn't really anything I could eat and I was just standing there and I was complaining to my friend (laughs) and one of her friends walked up that I didn't know. And I had never met her. And um, I said hi to her. And I was like, hi. And then I just continued to complain. And later that night, not even knowing I would do this as a topic for a podcast, but later that night I thought to myself, oh my gosh, what, what does that lady think of me? She's probably like, yeah, I met this girl and like she is such a complainer. Like she just kept going on and on and on about how she was hungry and blah, 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 blah. The impression I left probably was not a good one. And it's interesting because I've seen her since like at games and stuff like that. And all I can think of is like what she must think of me. And now that I know that it takes eight times to make a positive impression, I just might have to try to reverse that. But no, I don't know her that well. But um. And maybe you're like, okay, this topic, Erin, impressions, like who, who really cares about the impressions that you leave? It's just an impression. It's just a, someone's opinion of you. And like you have found out or like you've already talked about, Erin, like that could be totally off, right? And I would agree that yes, it is just someone's opinion. Um, but of course, this podcast is called Diving into Deep Waters, so we're going to go deeper than that because if you are a Christian, and as Christians, we don't have the luxury of not caring about what other people think in this way. Like, we are direct representations of Christ. So if someone's first impression of us is not something good, then we're really not representing Christ very well and that's the deeper side of us it's deeper than than ourselves second corinthians 5 20 says therefore we are ambassadors of Christ now obviously I'm pretty sure you know what an ambassador is but I like to look up words because I just feel like for me personally it brings out a whole nother side of the word and so I did that An ambassador means an accredited diplomat sent by country as its official representation. So if we're ambassadors of Christ, it means that we are accredited by him and sent into the world to be an official representation of Christ. Like this is serious. (laughs) Like to be accredited and official is serious. Like not playing games here. It's not just like, oh, just go off and be an ambassador for Christ. No, like he, you're, you're accredited by him. It's been made official that you're representing Christ and not like to put pressure on you or anything like that. But, um, I think it's something we need to pay attention to, right? It's something that I'm taking to heart, maybe more seriously than I've ever thought of it before is, like what kind of impression am I leaving with people? Because if it if I'm an ambassador, 
then I need to pay attention to what kind of impression I'm leaving on others. Um, and listen, I've definitely failed at this many times and I probably will fail at it at the future, but I think that's part of walking with Christ and growing with Christ is asking ourselves these questions and saying like, how can I change this? And being like aware of the fact that leaving an impression on somebody is more than just yourself. It's a representation of who Christ is. And in 1 Peter 2.9, it says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. So just in case you were like, eh, I'm not an ambassador. Well, you are. <laughs> you're a chosen race. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're a people for his own possession. You have been chosen as a representation. You. You're it. You're his people. You're his peep. So that that establishes our credentials. And that with that establishment then comes an action. It says that you may proclaim the excellence of him. The impression we were supposed to leave is a proclamation of the excellence of God. And the action is to lead us to share that he called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Like there's an action that goes with leaving a good impression. It's not just about that first impression, but we actually have a job to do. Like it just said, you're an ambassador. You've been sent to do something. There's an action that needs to follow that. Personally, there's, in my own heart, there's a hunger to be intentional about the impression that I leave on others because it's not just Aaron that's at stake. Like my reputation on its own, like that's my repu- reputation. But as Christians, it's not just our representation. Our, um, I just forgot the word and I just said it. <laughs> it's not just your reputation. Yeah, that's the word. I just said it. What's wrong with me, people? This is what happens when you take a few weeks off. <laughs> it's not just Aaron's um, reputation. It's tied in with God's reputation. So it's so much deeper. It's it's about Jesus. And... um. You know, I think that it's so easy to say, well, I've heard things like this. Well, like that applies to you, Aaron, because, you know, like you and your husband, you're pastors and you have to be around people. You have to think about your image or, you know, like your character, who you are. And that's your job, you know, like that all comes with that, that job of being in ministry. And, you know, because of that, that must naturally come to you to, be with people all the time and leave that good impression. And I'm just going to say that's not true. That's like a, a no. <laughs> um, I will just tell you this. People are are hard to be around sometimes. Um, our whole second honeymoon was planned around not people. <laughs> like being immersed with people. Like we saw people but not like really – um, conversing with people unless we had to because we just needed a break. We needed some time away from people. Love all the people in our lives, but sometimes you just need a break. And so don't think, like, if you're listening to this and be like, I'm not a mystery. I don't have to worry about what impression I leave with people. You're not off the hook. And you do have to worry about it because you're God's child. 
if you, if God is your Lord and Savior, you do have to worry about it. And Ephesians 5 says, therefore be imitators of God. What is an imitator? Again, I just think it helps bring out the word. It's a person who copies the behavior or actions of another. So no matter what your profession is, we have all, all of us, every single one of us that have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we've all been called to be a person who copies the behavior and actions of Christ. In Ephesians 4 verses 1 through 3, Paul urges us to walk in a manner worthy of the calling that we have been called. The calling is for all of us. How do you know if you've been called? Well, do you love Jesus? Are you his child? Are you a follower? If you answered any of the following questions, yes, then you have been called to action to be his his official representation, his accredited representation. So why are these words feel so big today? (laughs) I don't know. So now that we've established that we've all been called and that making an impression is important because it's a direct reflection of Jesus Christ, then what should that impression be? What kind of good impression should we be leaving? Well, let me just tell you. Ephesians 5 says to walk in love. Right there. Man, that seems so simple. Walk in love. Hmm. I think it's a lot harder and a lot deeper than we we give it credit to. And because it just can't be any kind of love. It needs to be kind of the love that's like, um, you're different than me, but I'm I love you. You're maybe they're dirty, maybe they're filthy, maybe they're gross. Maybe, and I'm not talking like actual dirty gross, but maybe, I don't know. I think as Christians, we can get just so high on our pedestals and like be like, oh, look at the little people down there and their sin and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, people can tell if you love them or not. And this is another area that I've been like super challenged with in a podcast that is coming. It's being birthed in my spirit, people. But love. Like, people can tell if you actually care about them. Like, if you actually have love in your heart for them, like, they can sniff it out. They can know, like, if you're being real or not with them. And we need to walk in the kind of love that each of us has been given by Christ who loved us and gave himself up for us. That kind of love. We need to walk with humility and gentleness and patience. We need to be bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. I don't know about you, but I have some work to do on the kinds of impressions that I'm leaving on others. And I'm going to guess that you probably do too. I rated a lot of people that day. Well, the whole trip I rated them. And maybe instead of rating others, I need to start rating myself. Like, how did you do with that, Aaron? When you met that new person, how did you do? Did you walk in love? Were you a a true representation 
to of of the love of Christ? Like, is that what the impression that you left with them? Did you, were you humble? Were you gentle in your words? Did you have patience? Guys, sometimes I am not a patient person. I struggle with patience. Oh my goodness. Even this next one, bearing with others in love. Oh, so hard sometimes. And eager to have unity and peace. I think it's way deeper than maybe we've ever given thought to of the impressions that we're leaving. And guess what? We are leaving impressions probably daily. If Unless you're living in a hole or you're living in some cabin in the middle of the woods, you are leaving impressions. And I am leaving impressions. And what kind of impression are we leaving? And we've got to stop thinking, oh, it's just about me. Like, who cares? No, it's more than you. And I want to leave an impression that just walks in love, that walks in humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with another, one another in love. Like, wants to have unity. Like, I want all of those things. And I want that to be the representation that people feel. And they're like, where is she getting that from? Well, let me tell you where I'm getting it from. It's from God. And yeah. So something I'm working on, I'm going to be working on probably for quite a while. So I invite you to join me in the journey of what kind of impressions are we leaving on others.